Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. For instance, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thought that Antonio Brown was just going to go away when he danced and frolicked off the field shirtless in the middle of that game against the Jets, if that's what they thought, well, they were wrong. And if they thought that the Antonio Brown story was going to go away, they were extremely dumb. Wrong and dumb are terrible ways to go through life. Because not only has that story not gone away, it has grown legs. It has jumped the day. It jumps days, plural, and it is growing legs. You had Brown's statement about Bruce Arians making a throat-slitting gesture. Then there was him glossing Bruce Arians, barbarian. Then you had the Home Alone 2 Photoshop with Tom Brady. And just when you thought that it could not get any more absurd... With Antonio Brown, it always gets more absurd, and it did. Let me read you the headline from the Daily Mail. Generally, that is not a publication that I go to. However, this headline is so absurd, I have to mix it in. This is a headline from the Daily Mail, and I quote, Exclusive, Fired Bucks star Antonio Brown smuggled only fans model who went viral for licking a toilet seat in 2020 into his hotel for a steamy sex romp and told her to watch, quote, what I do tomorrow the night before he stormed off the field. End of headline. End of quote. So you know that phrase that there is a lot to unpack here? Well, there are about 50 U-Hauls to unpack in that headline in and of itself. I'm going to need an entire team of movers to unpack that statement. Now, I don't know if any of that is true, but I know this is true. If you're an NFL team hoping to avoid distractions, you do not want your team or your team's name popping up in a daily mail headline. And then on top of that, you certainly do not want it with the following words. Only fans, viral, licking a toilet seat, Steamy sex romp and watch what I do tomorrow. Because if there is a sentence that has licking a toilet seat and watch what I do tomorrow, I don't think you want to watch what you're going to do tomorrow. Like I've already checked out it licking a toilet seat. I don't need to come back in a few hours for an update. I don't need to see what you're going to do tomorrow. Because if you're shooting off the vibe that licking toilet seats are ass, literally. But wait until you see what I'm going to do tomorrow to one-up it, watch this, then I'm already out. You know, again, if you're saying, yeah, I already had a steamy sex romp with somebody who licked on a toilet seat, but, but, wait till you see what I do tomorrow, I've already seen enough. I mean, come on, man. I, I don't think I need to see a tongue drag over a toilet seat And then have you tell me that you're going to raise the ante and we have something else for tomorrow. Anyway, the bad news for the Bucs. It does not just stop at the headline. These sub-headlines were pretty strong as well. Quote, Bucs wide receiver Antonio Brown had a clandestine tryst with influencer Ava Louise, 23, the night before he stormed off the field. DailyMail.com can reveal. Again, if you're a team looking to avoid drama... You never want to see clandestine tryst. You don't want to see that right next to your team name. A clandestine tryst. And you sure as hell don't want to see this. Quote, Louise, who shot to fame in 2020 after she filmed herself licking a toilet seat in a bid to catch COVID, was smuggled into his room at the Westin in Jersey City, New Jersey. End of quote. I mean, holy crap, that is quite a sentence. Shot to fame after she filmed herself licking a toilet seat in a bid to catch COVID. Who's looking to catch COVID? Who is looking to catch COVID by dragging their tongue across the toilet seat? And who thinks that that's actually a way to catch COVID? Louise. <laughs> Louise. And just well played, Alvy. <laughs> and just in case you were wondering, that was not a regular 
toilet seat that she was licking on. It was an airplane toilet seat. Because licking on a regular toilet seat would not have been enough. Talk about going viral. Heyo. Anyway, the toilet licker, Louise, claims that she arrived at the Bucks team hotel at 11.15 p.m. the night before the game and had to sneak past security because guests are not allowed in due to COVID. The very thing she tried to get from licking on a toilet seat. And again, not any toilet seat, but an airline toilet seat. And no, I don't need to hear from anyone trying to clarify that she was licking a toilet seat and not the toilet. I know some of you are going to try and come in with that. Hey, 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 Rome. Easy, Rome. She was licking on the seat, not the toilet itself. I cannot believe I have to make this distinction. I cannot believe I have to say this. However, in my book... If you lick a toilet seat, you've licked the toilet. I don't need to send this up to the replay booth to confirm completion of the catch. I'm not throwing a red flag. You lick a toilet seat, you are a toilet licker. Quote, once inside, Brown began ranting about bull bleep COVID rules. And reportedly told her, F the NFL, Louise claimed. She then went on to say that, quote, when we had sex, he wanted to film it and make a tape on my phone. He wanted me to put it out there. End of quote. Louise continued, quote, he also kept mumbling, I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. I can't wait for you to see me tomorrow. Can't, 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 Louise. Listen, I've got no idea what or if any of this is true. I don't know. But the Daily Mail does have what are alleged to be screenshots of text exchanges between Antonio Brown and the toilet liquor. And they have photos of what they claim are the toilet liquor and Brown. And they have what they claim are photos of the hotel and signage in the hotel indicating that the Bucks were in fact staying there. And there's even more because the toilet liquor jumped on social media and tweeted out a pic of a positive COVID test with the message, quote, Buccaneers, test your team. Now we're getting somewhere. I mean, that's outstanding. That is just fantastic. I don't know if that's a photo of a recent test. I don't know if that's a photo of even a real test. But I know that now there is a question to be asked of that team. Have you stepped up your testing protocol after the toilet liquor posted that photo? And more questions. Are you investigating whether the toilet liquor came into the team hotel? The NFL has already declined comment on this, but it's a serious question, right? There are protocols in place, and that calls for no guests, and definitely no toilet-licking guests coming into hotels. So let me ask you this. Again, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's true or not. Consider all the sources. But just a question. What if the Bucks, who are on the verge of the postseason, have a COVID outbreak Brought on by Antonio Brown and a toilet liquor. you imagine all hell breaking loose? Again, I've got no idea if any of this is real. I don't know. But I know what is real. The fact that none of it's going away. It's just not going away. It's getting worse. It's jumping the days. It's growing legs. Toilets are getting licked. Positive COVID tests are getting published. And I don't know if they're real or not. The Bucks get at least another day of getting dragged. At least another day of their name and Antonio Brown's name making headlines. And this time, the headline includes a toilet liquor. Good stuff.
Really good stuff. But whatever you do, do not tell me you did not see this coming. You had to see this coming. This is what happens when you have Antonio Brown on your roster. If he's wearing your jersey and you keep enabling him, there's a very good chance it's going to end up with him hanging out and rolling with a toilet liquor. And like they always say, you are who you roll with. The Bucks rolled with Brown, and Brown rolled with a toilet liquor, allegedly. Again, just as Antonio Brown is not the most credible source on the planet, I'm not sure that the toilet liquor is exactly Woodward and Bernstein. But, but, would you be at all surprised if this was true? Would you at all be shocked if Antonio Brown, the guy who got frostbite in the summertime, was rolling with a toilet seat liquor? Would it shock you if he was ranting about bull bleep COVID rules and saying bleep the NFL? Would it surprise any of you at all if you found out that he wanted to make a sex tape with a toilet liquor? Sex with me. I don't know if any of it's true, but none of it would surprise me if it were. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if all of it were true. Listen, I have no idea what he meant when he said, I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. I mean, did he mean he was going to lick a toilet himself? Did he mean he was going to get off on the hapless jets and have a huge game? Or did he mean he was going to rip his gear off and quit on the team? I've got no idea. I just know this. The Bucks had to know this was coming. And if they didn't, they're really dumb. And they should have. It's an enormous pain in the ass and distraction when they needed it least. And they've got nobody to blame but themselves. They're more to blame than even Mr. Big Chest or Ms. Toilet Liquor. Because they're the ones who brought this on themselves. They're the ones who brought this in. And of course, he crushed the two guys who were most responsible for resurrecting his career, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. And how stupid do these guys look? How betrayed must they feel? But once again, they shouldn't. They're getting exactly what they deserved, exactly what you get when you bring in A.B. And what you get is a guy who quits, who tries to take a few guys with him and then have sex with a toilet liquor, allegedly. Man, Brady's got to feel like an idiot for going to the mat for this guy, only to have him quit on Brady and then take a run at him on social. Brady's got to feel like an idiot. Let me just say this, and thanks for bearing with me, but this will be the first and hopefully last time that we reference an article from the Daily Mail in 2022. Don't get me wrong. Great news site. Very professional not exactly my bag. And no, I do not want to lead Monday with an update on allegedly fat Leo DiCaprio's girlfriend in a thong bikini. Or of some reality star getting hospitalized for selling too many farts in a jar. Let me take a moment and talk to you about WinBet. The latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sportsbook and digital casino app. Whether you're playing money lines for NFL Week 18, totals for college football bowl season, or both, WinBet has you covered. Looking for other sports? WinBet has those too. It's all right there for your WinBet app. And WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at Win Resorts, discounted hotel stays, priority dining and entertainment, free merch. It really is the best loyalty program in the industry. Call it a win-win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for WinBet. ASAP. Bet with the best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Linebacker Rob Spillane is my guest. Rob, great to have you on the show, Rob. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Can you hear me all right? You sound great. Can you hear me all right? 
I can hear you just fine. Good, great. Good to have you. Let me start with that win over Cleveland, Rob, on Monday night. On the very first play from scrimmage, you had that big hit on Nick Chubb in the backfield. You tackled him for a loss. What did you see on that play, and then how good did it feel to start the game off with a big hit like that? You know, going into a divisional matchup against a team that you see twice a year, you kind of start to understand their personalities as a team and what they like to do. And on that play to start the game, uh, I saw a hole open up, and I thought might as well run through it and try to make a play, and that's what happened. And, you know, it was a good start to for our defense. It kind of got everybody energized and ready to go for the game. So it was just a good way to start the game off. Rob Spillane joining us. You know, think about your game, your sport. It's pretty technical, and the terminology can be pretty confusing. However, in the buildup to the game, you were asked about stopping the run, and you said, quote, it all comes down to – fundamentals being able to whoop a man's ass who's in front of you is the terminology we use and then make a play I mean is that essentially what it comes down to kick the guy's ass who's standing in front of you is that the terminology that is exactly the terminology and that that goes through in every level of football starting from middle school football all the way to the NFL and uh, the more you realize that it's all about the fundamentals and beating that man that's in front of you trying to get you from the ball carrier the better you can play. So that's um that's a creed that we live by here, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a Tomlin uh, quote, so I love carrying that with me. I love that. Rob Spillane is joining us. You know, you've got a lot of things ahead of you, but since you mentioned Mike Tomlin, I mean, what an amazing run this guy's had since he's been there. We're now talking about a guy who's been there 15 years, and he 15 straight years to start a career without a losing record. Now that you've been around the team for a few years, what are the aspects of Tomlin that make him such a great coach? You know, I realized this day one coming to the Steelers organization. What a good leader and uh, organizer of men he is. Every day he comes in with a clear and concise team meeting to start our day in the right track. And, you know, he really sets the tone every morning at 8.30 with uh, his words and not just his words during that meeting, but his actions and his preparation and game planning and getting ready every week. So I have the utmost respect for him and as a coach and as a person. Talking to Rob Spillane, you certainly are not the first guy to say that about him. So after Monday's win over Cleveland, Ben Roethlisberger, Rob, was really emotional. The crowd was giving him a lot of love. How would you describe the emotions of that night and the support that came from the fans and what he means to the fans? You know, Ben means everything to the city of Pittsburgh and to our team. Uh, been here 18 years at the helm playing quarterback, leading this whole organization, you know, since I was a young kid and middle school I watched Ben Roethlisberger win a Super Bowl for the Steelers and just to be here with him my third year with the team and uh, to see him still leading uh, teaching younger guys how to become leaders but also pushing himself to be get better every year um, it's, it's an honor to be around a Hall of Fame player like that. But it's kind of surreal and kind of weird, right? They used to watch him as a middle schooler, and now you're in the same locker room and you guys are fighting for the same things. Did you approach that Monday night game like it was Ben's final game at home as a Pittsburgh Steeler? Was that in your mind? Not in my mind necessarily. He hasn't came out and said that he's done. Uh, they kind of treated it like a farewell uh, journey. But, um, you know, you never know with players in this league. They might decide maybe I got one more year or two more years, so – I haven't said goodbye to him yet. We're still playing this season. We're we're hoping to get a big win here this weekend and squeak our way into the playoffs and go from there. Rob Spillane is joining us. Rob, your situation is really interesting. For instance, D coordinator Keith Butler loves you. He raves about you and says, quote, he plays downhill, he plays hard, he's a smart football player. I'm very glad we have him. And you know, he'll be a starter one of these days. End of quote. What's it mean to you to hear that kind of love and respect from your D coordinator? You know, it means a lot. And uh, you hear all these media people talking, saying certain things about your game. And, you know, I kind of have always been able to block that out and take what I hear from my coaches and my teammates especially. That's what means the most to me. So when I get a coach telling me a pat on the back or even more so a player that I'm playing with alongside with, you know, a TJ comes and hits you on the helmet, good play, or Cam Hayward or Minka, that's that's what means the most as a player. Hey, by the way, those guys you mentioned, all those guys, 
Ward, Minka, any, I mean, Cam, these, these are all great, great players. So when you mention them and you get that kind of feedback, and then I mention your D coordinator and you get that kind of feedback, I want to remind the listeners, I mentioned this at the top, you did come into the league undrafted. You have had to fight for literally everything you have. So how much pride is there in knowing that you've counted? They count on you on that defense right now, and your D coordinator says you're going to start at some point. How much pride is there given where you started? You know, I, I, I love what I do. I love coming to work every morning, getting better, uh, learning from those guys, especially those three that I listed off, and following what they like to do on their off days, what they're doing after practice. So I've really been able to kind of continue to learn. Even though it's my fourth year in the league, I'm still trying to soak up as much information as possible. And those are the guys that I turn to, the top-end players, the Pro Bowl-type players, the potential future Hall of Famers. So. I just try to get around them as much as possible and, you know, become more more and more like them on the field and off the field. Rob Spillane joining us. You know, you mentioned I, I just love the game. I just love the game. There's also a great story. You had spent some time with the Titans, and you had a preseason game in Green Bay where you had a really nice game. You had eight tackles. And then after that game, you were walking down the aisle of the airplane, the team plane, and Taylor Luan said, hey, Spillane, I heard you had a pretty good game. And to quote, according to The Athletic, your response was, yeah, man, I love football. I love being out there with the boys. I love playing. Luan and Will Compton, two great guys, great dudes, they thought that was pretty funny, didn't they, how much you love the game. What was their reaction? You know, they kind of teased me at that moment, like, oh, my God, Spillane, just enough, you know, just just go on. Um, but like you said, those those are two great guys that I still keep in contact with. Ho- hopefully I'll get on busing with the boys this summer coming up. So um, such a great place to start my career and I you know I I learned a lot from the guys there and took that with me and I still still do so you know Will Compton another undrafted guy who played nine years in the league so you know you learn from those guys hell yes Compton's the best I love Compton and you're right he I mean he attacked every single day still does attacks every single opportunity now Rob when you talk about your love of the game I mean this is genuine this is real your grandfather Johnny Latner was the Heisman Trophy or was the winner at Notre Dame. And as you've said, every time you put on the pads, you're working like it's the Super Bowl. You played for P.J. Fleck at Western Michigan. He says nobody loves football more than you do. What is it about the game you love so much? You know, I love waking up in the morning knowing that I'm going to have football practice, you know, getting in the locker room with the guys, getting fired up, putting the tape on your ankles, suiting up, putting the helmet on, you know, every time I put that helmet on, I, I don't take it for granted because it could end up being your last play on a football field and practice, whatever it is. Um, I've been cut so many times before with no future in football per se that people would say, but um, so every day that I get to come out and practice, I come out with a smile and I, I really do enjoy this, this game. Everything about it is feels like home to me. It feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's a great response. You know, it's one thing to appreciate the opportunity and to appreciate the game, but then to have an opportunity to play the game in that city for that franchise and to play that position. I mean, I've talked to so many great Steeler linebackers over the years. The late Kevin Green and I used to talk about this all the time. What's it mean to be a part of that tradition, to play linebacker for the Steelers? So, and also my grandfather who did one the he ended up coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers wearing number 41. So I also carry that with me as well. And the one connection I had in the NFL growing up as a kid was through the Pittsburgh Steelers. So my family almost raised me on the Steeler way, I would say. The blue-collar, tough-nosed, hard mentality type playing. Um, I grew up playing that type of football in Chicago, and uh, I feel like it's been very natural um, transition for me to be here because it, it feels like home, like I said, playing this style of football. Mm. So you mentioned the game you got coming up. Before I let you go, you've got the Ravens in Baltimore Sunday, Steelers-Ravens, obviously one of the most intense and best rivalries in all football. How would you describe the rivalry between the two teams? Historic. I mean, the fact that Tomlin showed clips from the past 10 years of game-changing type plays, you know, late in the fourth quarter. And you see all these Hall of Famers, Troy Palomalu making plays, Heinz Ward making plays. 
you know, it really helps cement their legacy and greatness. So no matter what's at stake here, we're playing the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, I know that this locker room's fired up and we're ready to go. You've got Pittsburgh 8-7-1, and and they are still alive. Pittsburgh is at Baltimore on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Rob Spillane is a linebacker for them, having a big year. Rob, great to have you on the show. Appreciate you and the conversation. Good luck this weekend. Thanks for doing that. Jim, thanks. You're the man. Have a good rest of your day. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef very seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Who wants dried tough beef in a bag. Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those of you who like to take things up a notch. Next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Now... Our once-a-week segment, Big Head Bets. I want to say to you, before I bring James Kelly on, we're going to talk about five NFL games. If you want to bet with us, go right ahead. But make sure you do not wager something that you cannot afford to lose. This is just me talking. I don't need to have this disclaimer. It's just common sense. Play responsibly. Play responsibly. Maybe you think playing responsibly is fading the head. That could be your strategy, too. Let's get into it. Big Head, Happy New Year, dude. How you living? What's going on? Not bad, Jim. Not bad at all. First work day of the 2022 year, so life is good, man. It's your first work day of 2022, and it's like a 10-minute work day, so life's <laughs> got to be good. Listen, nothing is easy when it comes to picking games in the NFL ever, and it's getting tougher and tougher week to week. And even tougher is the fact that we don't know exactly who is going to go and who's not going to go and how much time they'll get with the postseason about to get underway. So let me ask you this. Is this one of those weeks where you've been doing research and analyzing all your big head data, and do you find yourself making a pick only to flip-flop a few hours later because of what's going on this week? Is that one of the things that's happening? Yeah, 100%, Jim, 100%. I get down a path for a few hours, and then I end up back at square one asking myself the same exact questions. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just wasted all this time, but I am confident. I'm feeling it now, so I found it. I figured it out. You figured what out? The picks, man. Oh, okay. Yes. Then let's get to the picks. Let's do this. Why don't we start Rams v. Niners? All right, so we got a couple of amazing rivalry games with playoff implications, including Rams and Niners. I could not love this any more than I do, even if I'm not really ever sure what I'm going to get from either one of those teams. Head, fact is, a huge bleeping game. The Rams are still looking to lock up the division. The Niners need this badly because they're still not officially in. We don't really know Jimmy Garoppolo's status yet, but I've got a pretty good read on Matthew Stafford. He's going to go, and he's going to have to play better than he has of late. He's going to have to play better to beat the Niners because the Niners seem to have no trouble with the Rams. All right, that's another little thing here. Break it down. How do you see the matchup? What is the number? Which way are you leaning? So WinBet has the Rams at minus four at home, and I'll take McVay actually beating Lobster Jr. finally here, Jim, and laying the points. The Rams, like you said, there's incentive on both sides, but they are on that important two seed, meaning they could get two home games in the playoffs if they win this game. So incentive-wise, it matches San Francisco. Two big advantages, the Rams wideouts against that Niners secondary and Stafford, who you said if he's con- if he's consistent over Jimmy G. And now Jimmy's thumb is jacked to boot, so I like the Rams there. Also, if the Rams just limit Debo and Big George Kittle, they should win and cover here. Let's go with the Rams and hope um, Chubby Cheeks doesn't throw another pick six and lay that four points. Chubby Cheeks? Rams, a little bloated. Laying the four points. Really quickly, you mentioned the receivers. Quick sidebar, Mm -hmm. Jalen Ramsey v. Debo, one of the great matchups of the entire year. Who you got there? Physicality, man, right there, right? Well, 
let's hope the Rams actually use Ramsey and put him on him this game more than they did last game. But overall, I would say I would take Jalen there. But last game, Debo went off and they waxed him 31 to 10. But let's hope Jalen's on him more. But Jalen, yes. All right. So there it is. That's the first game we're on to. Four to come. Chargers v. Raiders, the other major rivalry with enormous playoff implications. Chargers v. Raiders, essentially win and you're in the very definition of Hell Week. I'm a little disappointed that Raider fan and Charger fan did not hit that one as hard as they would normally for the program. All I get today is, quote, Mike in L.A. Nobody lost in a bar fight. Nobody lost an ear in a bar fight. Hell, nobody lost anything on the show this week. But I do love the game. Two teams that do not like each other. Two fan bases which like each other even less. The problem with the game is, again, I have no idea what to expect from either one of them. As far as the Raiders go ahead, pretty miraculous that they're even in this thing in the final week of the regular season. I think that it does speak to their grit. And if you buy into that toughness and an ability to compartmentalize and limit some of the biggest distractions ever, you might actually love these guys at home getting points. What's the number you see? How are you playing it? The number is Chargers as the road favorites at minus three here, Jim. And as tempting as the Raiders are, I'm going with Justin Herbert and the Bolts. It just seems every time the Raiders get that momentum from a big win, they bleep the bed the next time out. If the Bolts can block Max Crosby on the edge, slow down the run game and Josh Jacobs, I really like them here. Keep Justin up and he will deliver. He's thrown seven touchdowns and zero interceptions in his career against the Raiders. Sorry, Mike in L.A., Bolts minus three here. Are you going to chalk up the entire weekend? (laughs) We'll see. Okay, let's see. Next, Kansas City and Denver. Chiefs in Denver. The Chiefs beat them easily in week 13. And heading into last week's game against the Bengals, I would have said this game looks like a hospital job on paper. In fact, it might be. However, the Chiefs ran into the Bengals, and that much maligned but much improved defense got absolutely shredded by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. No, the Broncos and whoever they send out there under center are not Mahomes and the Chiefs, but that to me was a bit of a red flag. Burrow shredded them. Mm -hmm. Is it a red flag to you, or is that merely an aberration? How do you feel about the Chiefs generally, and how are you playing this? So first off, I think it is an aberration for KC. I like their defense overall. I think it's the best Pats had since his run in KC, and I think they are the best overall team in the AFC. Now, hopefully when they play the Bengals the next time, they will put two people on Jamar Chase. That could help. But this game here, Jim, it's tomorrow, and the number I got is KC minus 10.5 at Denver. I'll take the Chiefs here. The key is stopping the Denver run game. Get up early and make Drew Locke toss the uh, ball around the yard. Chances are high that happens as well. KC ranks first in first quarter points in the NFL, and Denver ranks 25th. Denver is also 0-4 against the spread in their last four games against the AFC. KC is 4-0 in their last four against the spread in the AFC West. I hope this isn't Vic Fangio's last game in Denver. I love him, but if it is, I think he loses by more than 10.5, Jim. Let's go, KC. You're a chalky bleep. Why do you love Vic Fangio so much? Because he's a smart, smart man as a defensive coordinator. He's smarter than everybody else. He's got a bad situation. His time, like his, some of his stuff that he does is uh, not the smartest thing when it comes to clock management and timeouts, but IQ, it's about as high as there is. How would you know, dude? Because <laughs> I see his product, man. Are you submitting IQ tests now? All right. <laughs> Maybe hit him with a, a Rorschach. All right, so Bucks v. Panthers. Let's go on to that. The Panthers are, how do I put this? ass and they have been for quite some time the bucks obviously have got a ton of drama right now and they've got distractions but they are the defending champs they're a veteran squad they've got guys who've dealt with all this nonsense before yes they did struggle against the jets but if you believe that flipping the switch is a real thing and that it's possible to do then you've got to believe the bucks have another run in them i know this much head the panthers took a big dump in their pants this season and the bucks need this for a variety of reasons Heading into the postseason, I think they're looking to lock it in. I think they're looking to prove that they don't need Mr. Big Chest, even if they do need him. What's the number? How are you playing it? Yeah, how ironic is that? The first game without A.B. and the Bucks get to play the toilet liquors of the NFC South and Ritz Panthers here, Jim. 
where he could pad his stats. Mm. But anyways, uh, careful what you ask for, Frozen Foot. Let's go with the Bucks minus eight at home here. They played two weeks ago in Carolina. Tampa won by 26. I think the Bucks can cover <laughs> that um, eight pretty easy here. The Panthers' strengths on defense is getting to the quarterback, but they struggled to do so against Tom's elite line last time out. They were also banged up on the back end, and it looks like Stephon Gilmore won't go. Tom should move the ball. They ran the ball for 159 yards the last time. And on defense, you want to throw against the Bucks. And there's not a worse team in the NFL, according to football outsider than your Panthers writ. They rank 32nd in pass DVOA. Let's Thank go you. Bucks minus eight. If I lose, twit at tweet twit twit tweet at the twit Garrett Ritt. There you go. Twit. Be sure to That's twit. Rit. Yeah, and I confused it. Yeah. There you go. Chalk much? Chalk much? We got one more game. The big head. Seahawks and cards. I'll tell you what I think. I think it's a pretty interesting game and a tough one to pick. Seattle and Arizona. The cards were able to finally stop the bleeding head. They went into Dallas. They did the Cowboys. Come to find out, punching the Washington football team in the face does not make you a bona fide Super Bowl contender. Am I right, Cowboy fan? You had to be lower than a crippled cricket's ass after that happened. And Kyler Murray finally started to look like the Kyler Murray that we know. That was the ultimate get-right game for him and for them. Now that said, and I'm curious about your thoughts on this, Head. Seattle, although they have nothing to play for per se, it might be Russell Wilson's last game with them, or it might be the last game for the gum chewer. Peter with them, or it might be their last game together. However you want to slice that, it might be a last something. So that makes them a little dangerous. What's it look like to you? What's the number? How are you playing it? The number is Cardinals minus six and a half. I saw seven for quite a while, but I'm seeing six and a half here, and I'm actually not going to go chalk here. I'm going to go plus six and a half and take the Seattle Seahawks, actually. The Cards, Jim, they just aren't the same team at home as they are are on the road in Cliff Kingsbury's numbers against the spread as a home favorite since he's been there since 2019 are garbage. He is 4-10 in this spot, hitting at 28% of those games. Seattle, too, is actually running the football very, very good. Very well, dude. They're running the ball very very well. well. Yes. Better, well, good, better than the anybody in the NFL the last three yeah. games. They average over six yards per carry during that time span, and that's where the Cardinals' weakness is, is running the ball. Let's take Weird Russ, the gum chewer, to show the hell up on Sunday yeah. and take the six-and-a-half points. No chalk. All right, so no chalk right there. Bottom line, now you know you are permitted – to use the phrase or description ass mm-hmm. once per segment. However, it does not carry over to next week. Ooh. If you don't use one today, that does not mean you get two next week. So those are all five games. I want to ask you, is there anything else in your big head mind that you want to get out there or off your chest? Consider it your very own exclusive mini beef segment. Is there anything else you want to hit on on the way out the door? Good question. Beefs. Oh, maybe the Jags fans right now, Jim, because they're not embracing the clown show that's actually going on. They're trying to fight it. Did you see that Bill O'Brien might be interviewed for the head coaching job? I that certainly did. Happen. I Bob. love that. Who better to follow the perv than Bill O'Brien? I mean, he probably trade you know trade Trevor Lawrence before the Super Bowl. I love that. So uh, ass organization. There's my ass right there. There it is, an ass organization and a clown show. Run it down before you put it up, before you twit it. Before you twit your picks, run it down once again right here for me. Okay, gotcha. KC minus 10 at Denver on Saturday. Rams minus 4 v San Francisco. Chargers on the road in Vegas minus 3. Seattle plus 6.5 at Arizona. And Tampa Bay minus 8 against Ritz Panthers. There it is. All right, Head, have a great weekend. Let's get paid. Let's make some money. All right, Jim, thanks, man. Good job, dude. James Kelly. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cash back match, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back that you have earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense learn more at discover.com slash match limitations do apply he is tory holt tory good to have you back how are you tory 
I'm hanging, Jim. How you doing, man? Good, dude. Good. It's great to have you back. Thanks so much. Tori, there is so much that you and I could talk about that I want to talk to you about, and i got to figure out the best place to start. Let me start right here. You were in Los Angeles for the Titans-Rams game when your teammate Isaac Bruce was honored for his entry into the Hall of Fame. Can we start right there? What was that experience like for you? Oh, man, it was um, it was amazing, man, to, um, to see Isaac be recognized uh, as a Hall of Famer uh, by the fans there in Los Angeles as well as uh, St. Louis. They were all in attendance and all the NFL community and the fans. Uh, the Pro Bowlers from the Rams, Tom Mack and Eric Dickerson and everybody, just being around greatness, man, it feels good. It felt good. Uh, watching Isaac, uh, you know, receive that recognition along with his family. We're at, at, at an organization where he played a, a bulk of his career and, and did it at a very high level. Uh, so it was good to be there with him along with other teammates, the Lando Pace and guys that were there, uh, Jackie Slater. Um, it was good to be there to to celebrate that with a, with a Rams legend, with a NFL legend, now a Hall of Famer. Tory Holt is joining us, also a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Tory, obviously, we'll talk about that in a moment. I'm curious, Tory, when you watch this Rams team, what kind of thoughts do you have? Does it feel like a team that has a Super Bowl run in it? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the way this football team was put together. And the uh, the expectations haven't changed. You know, the, the team is three years removed, I think, from the Super Bowl. So uh, the expectations haven't changed. That's that's uh, that's the goal every year. And you look at the players that they've added to this roster, uh, with Stafford being one, um, and Vaughn Miller and Odell and other guys uh, that are playing at a at elite level. The stars that are that were currently on the team, Aaron Donald and Ramsey, and those guys, Cooper Cup. Yeah, this football team has a lot. They have every chance, just as good a chance as anyone else in the National Football League that are preparing for the playoffs. What I like, Jim, is week 17 and the excitement that the game has around it because everybody's playing for something. Everyone still has an opportunity to move up in the rankings in the playoffs, so it makes for great football uh, for week 18. So that's what I'm excited about. But, yeah, the Rams certainly, Jim, they certainly have the tools, everything that they need to compete and compete at that level. they got to obviously – minimize the turnovers, what we've been seeing uh, through this five-game stretch that they've, been, that they've been winning football games, minimize those. But the defense has just been outstanding. The stars have stood up in L.A. Um, so uh, they can continue to do that down the stretch. They are just as favorable as anybody else in the league. Torrey Holt joining us. Torrey, you mentioned Odell Beckham. You know, things obviously did not work out for him in Cleveland. What do you make of him right now with the Rams? How does he look to you, and what do you make of the way he's embraced the role and the way they use him? Well, last I was out in Los Angeles, I had a chance to meet Odell at practice, and that was really cool. It's my first time really getting a chance to spend uh, that that amount of time with him uh, in an area in a space that he and I both respect, and I, I, I noticed that immediately. And he said to me he, was, he loves being in L.A. with like-minded guys, and he wants to win, and he wants to do what he can to do that. Odell is the X guy, uh, the position that I played. Odell can still penetrate your defense pretty quickly. Incredible hands. He can run every route good body control. This boy got some football in him, man. He's got a guy at Matthew Stafford, as you're seeing, he and, he and Stafford are getting better week in and week out. Um, they're building some chemistry. You see them talking on the sideline. I think Odell has a lot of good football left to play and to give to this football team. And For example, there's going to be other third and or fourth down situations where they're going to come to him. He's got to make the play. You saw that on the road against the Ravens, the fourth and five. Uh, did a good job of netting the stick, stepping back, all hands type of a catch and getting the first down, and then they ended up going and scoring. That was, those are the type of plays outside of Cooper Cup that this football team is going to continue to need, and Odell can provide that. Hey, Tori Holt joining us. All right, two things really quickly, Tori. The one thing, two things, but one of the things that I've always appreciated about you is that you're somebody who's always generous with praise, and you're willing to hype guys that play today. You mentioned Cup. He could win the Triple Crown of receiving this season. What do you think when you watch him play, and not just as a receiver, but also as a blocker? Oh man, it's a you know it's a it's it's the way the receiver position has always been played, and um, and he's uh, he's continuing doing that man. He's involved, he's engaged in every aspect of the game, of the football game, of the position, and it's uh, and it's really really good to see uh, incredible uh, hand-eye coordination, uh, his ability to get open, Jim uh, is just it's just it's fantastic, and how he sees the football field. 
um, 6'2", big kid, loves football. Uh, again, when I was out in Los Angeles, I spent time with Cooper Cup, and I got a chance to sit down with him and talk to him and, and, and listen to his the mentality and the mind that he has for football, high, high football IQ. He's very productive in college. Um, he's healthy, and he's uh, and you're seeing the production that he's provided in basketball. It's an opportunity to be triple crown. And as I was sitting here and writing down some of his his stats, Jim, prior to you coming on, 806 yards after the catch. That's mm. more than anybody right now as I'm looking at the stats in the National Football League. He hasn't fumbled the football, though he's had 184 targets and 138 receptions and zero fumbles. So he's smart. He's good with the football team. Football, he does not hurt the Rams in any way. And that's, that's uh, I think that's a credit and a testament to how he approaches the game and then being in a favorable offense with the coordinator, McVay, that knows how to get him the football. Tory Hull joining us, a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Tory, another great thing about the talks that you and I have had over the years, we have talked so many times over the years, but there's always more to talk about with you. If we were to go back to when you were growing up and you were working in the tobacco fields, what was that job like? What did you learn from that? And how much does that have to do with what you are and who you are now? You know, that was real work uh, at its core. Um, so I, I, I grew up uh, – I had to grow up fast and become a man early. Uh, I had to have dog in you to, to be out there in those tobacco fields, pulling and breaking those leaves and getting it back to the track, tractor, getting back to your lane, finishing your rolls, going to hang the tobacco in the barns, dealing with snakes and different things. I mean, you had to, you had to bow up. So um, it, it carried over into the way that I prepared and played the game of football. And it also energized me um, and gave me uh, and, uh, wit and ambition to go beyond the tobacco field, you know? Yo, uh, that was certainly somewhere I didn't want to be for the next 30 or 40 years of my life. Um, but I appreciate it, appreciate going through that and pulling tobacco on the way. And I earned money from it. It wasn't a lot, $5 an hour. You know, it wasn't a lot, but um, I bought my first pair of sneakers, my, my cleats with that money, my tobacco money that I went out and earned and pulled. And it, uh, again, it translated over to the way that I attacked football in the way I try to attack life. Oh, what a great story. Tori Holt joining us. Tori, your mom passed away before you reached the NFL after a long battle with lymphoma. For those who yeah. don't know, what was she like as a person, and what did you learn from her growing up? Oh, she was incredible, man. My mom was incredible. She was just like any other mother out here, loved her kids and would do anything for her kids and demonstrated that, showed that. It was action, too, uh, along with the substance. So, um, no, my mom was... Uh, was outstanding. She minded her business. She took care of her family. Um, she smiled often. Sometimes she didn't, but she did not miss days of work. Uh, that's one thing that I, I remember uh, mostly, and I remember a lot of things, but she did not miss work. Even when she was sick, Jim, even when she was sick, she would still go up and try to go to work and, and finish, uh, finish work. So, for me to run out on the football field and run those 20-yard digs and get my uh, – to be spitting up blood in the NFC Championship game, playing against guys like Hall of Famers like Derrick Brooks and to get up and continue to play and help my football team finish that game, I got that from watching my mom and my dad get up and go to work and provide and do their job. So that's who she was. We started a foundation uh, after her, Ojeda V. Hope Sharpener, uh, the Hope Brothers Foundation, which supports young kids with a parent or guardian of battling cancer. And we provide emotional and peer empathy to those kids, as well as education. And then we have now started to provide scholarships for our kids' can program um, participants. As the kids want to move on and go to university, our foundation grants them uh, dollars to help with college. So we're really excited about that. But my mom, man, never taking the day off is why we continue to do what we do. Uh, in the community as well. Good work. Good work, Tori. Way to give back. I like that so much. It's your third yeah. straight year now as a finalist. So how are you approaching it from an emotional standpoint? Do you feel like this is the time, your time, this is your year, mm -hmm. or do you try and block all of it out and just kind of enjoy the moment? Well, you know, I'm, I'm certainly thankful that my folks that have supported me and helped me to get to this point, we're doing it for the third straight year. Um, and it means a lot, Jim. You know, I take it very seriously. Uh, I, as you mentioned, I waited three straight years, and, and, uh, and I played with great teammates, man, that helped me, too, as well, get to this point. And another thing that I've noticed, now I'm starting to see guys that I played, that, that I was drafted with me, that are now being inducted into the Pro Football of Fame. So it's making me want it even more. Guys like Edron James and 
chatting Bailey. So I'm like, yo, I'm thirsty for it too. Uh, but super thrilled and humbled to be a finalist for the third straight year. And I was looking at the class earlier before uh, before you and I jumped on. And Patrick Willis and, and Hester and Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, who I played against, uh, everybody is so well-deserved. But to, to your point, to your question, yes, it's my turn, Jim. I, I really do believe that. I've, I've waited. I've been a... Uh, I've been an eight-year uh, eligibility for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I've been a semifinalist uh, for the third straight year. Some say third time is a charm, so hopefully this is the year. I feel like it is my turn, and uh, it would be great to also grace the hall, potentially with head coach uh, Dick Vermeil, who drafted me in 1999. Okay, so not only that, I was going to ask you about him, Tori. Tori Holt, my guest. He is a finalist in the coach category. He tells anybody who will listen that you're a Hall of Famer and that when you arrived as a rookie, you were already practically a vet. How would you describe Vermeule as a coach? He was fantastic, man. You know, he was an extension of a family member. Some say extension of your father or your grandfather. Uh, he understood. He had so much experience. He had seen everything. And he had a really good way of poking you and getting you to, to focus and to make sure you uh, you don't lose sight of who you are and where you come from. And I love that. I always love that about Coach Mill. I remember my uh, rookie year in Philly when I was I blacked out on Philly. I had two touchdowns, 100 plus yards. Joe Germain throwing me the football was, was incredible that day. And uh, so I kept a deep post and I and I kind of hot dog a little bit. My nickname growing up was Hot Dog. I kind of hot dog a little bit, a little showboating. And uh, Coach Ramil says to me when I come on the sideline, he says, hey, good job. You're incredible speed, good catch, concentration, fantastic, good, you know, good touchdown team needed that. But, look, don't, be, don't, don't do too much, you know, watch your show, home. Don't forget where you come from. <laughs> so I appreciated that from him, though I, but he also did not um, tell me not to enjoy what had just happened. He just wanted to remind, my, remind me to keep some balance. And I've always appreciated that from Coach Ramil. He was such a good leader. Such a good man, family man, grandfather, good coach. Um, so I'm really excited and, and hopeful that Coach Emil gets his opportunity to be recognized as a pro football Hall of Fame as well. Tory Holt, my guest. Tory, bottom line, there is a fan vote component, and I'm on record. I always say this. I don't root for anything other than something to talk about. I've got to be objective. That's part of the job. I'm not going to lie, Tory. You know, I've, I have very strong feelings about you and your career. I would love to see this happen. I'd love to see it happen right now. But there is a fan vote component to the Hall of Fame. Exactly how does that work, and where should the fans go to vote if they want to vote for you? Yeah, you can go to profootballhalloffame.com slash fanvote. Uh, if you want to go and check out all of the all of the finalists, uh, but certainly uh, if you do, vote for your boy. I certainly appreciate it. Jim, uh, I think I'm up to like 30-some thousand votes this year, man. It's unbelievable. Again, when you go through this process, it's my third straight year. Every year it's just grown, man. I think the fans have gotten behind it and, and certainly uh, have expressed their opinions about me taking my place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I greatly appreciate that. I've always played the game uh, for the love. It's often the fans have always played a huge role in that, and they're now they're continuing to do that for me. So I appreciate that. But ProFootballHallOfFame.com slash FanVote. Uh, Tori Hope, appreciate your love. And Jim, thanks for having me on, man. My man, Tori, you know that. Always appreciate that. I appreciate the friendship and the relationship. Good luck. I would love to see it go your way this time. And I've got a really good feeling about it, Tori. Listen, have a great weekend, and we'll talk again soon. Right on. Sounds good. All the best. Matt in L.A. What's going on, Matt? Not only were you born here, Snaglio, you became a cultural icon, and we welcome you back anytime you're in town. But that's not why I called, Jim. It's hell week, and, you know, I can't help but figure all these charger bags that have been getting wind in their sails over their empty trophy case and not much else that they bring to the table. They seem to forget that they tried to sidle their way in with us at a Carson Stadium, but uh, luckily we went to the desert to open up Vegas. So uh, memo to Charger fans. You have not won anything ever, and it's not going to start this weekend. The Raider Nation is going to come to your doorstep, and we are taking that playoff berth right from you the way that we should. I'm looking at Derek Carr going 300-plus, Josh Jacobs going 100-plus, and Joey Bosa getting a firm stiff arm right in that big old nose of his. 
Roar Iray Craig outside of the stadium panhandling with his Charger Nacho helmet. Outro. Let's go to Houston. George in Houston, right to the front. What's up, George? How are you? Doing great, buddy. Hey, first time, long time. I got to set up some state about to Mike there. The last time the Raiders won anything, the Gipper was still finishing his first term. The USSR was still something, and everything on the planet wasn't made in China. I'm so sick of Raider fans talking about, oh, the championships, we've won. Dude, you weren't even alive last time they won anything. Outro. <laughs> Got that, Mike? Brooklyn, Frank. Good to have you, Frank. What's up? Hey, Jim. How are you? Good. You? How are you, Frank? Good. Long time listener. Back to when, you know, when Rome was burning. So uh, I, I just want to talk about the Raiders Chargers. And if, if the Jags somehow beat the Colts and these two teams kneel to get in, I would be sick to my stomach. Like, I don't watch football to watch two teams take knees for 30 minutes. You know, I think the Raiders need to go out and win, especially if the Colts lose, try to win. We'll get in and play Cincy instead of Kansas City. I know with both, both games, the Raiders are going to be dogs. But I would just be sick to my stomach if both those teams take knees after the Colts lose. Like, I just I, – I don't know what you think about that. I'll, but, tell, you, uh, I'll tell you exactly you know, what I think about that. Look, that – First of all, appreciate you, Frank. Thank you very much. Week that was. Hey, hey, hey. This is the Jim Rome Show. It sure as hell is. What's cracking? Welcome to the program. Welcome to 2022. I'm Jim Rome. You know, where do you start coming off a week like that? I think I'll start with Antonio Brown, because why not? Antonio Brown went Antonio Brown yet again. Yeah! We have an incident down here with Antonio Brown. The Raiders gave him a shot. The Patriots gave him a shot. The Bucks gave him a shot. And there's a pretty damn good chance somebody else will, too. He is no longer a buck. You didn't fire him. You didn't cut him. He quit. What a way to ring in the new year. He is Charles Robinson. We've all been given the future template for how we should quit our job. Taking his uniform right. off. Stripped down from the waist up in front of as many people as possible. Tell Pat Forty I said hello. Ask him about the best drinking story he had from the London Olympics. Tell me the best drinking story, Pat, that you have from the London <laughs> Olympics. There was a beer drinking contest between Dan Wetzel and Charles. Charles uh, put on an epic display of drinking that night. You think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Same Day. How's that taste, Kellen? You might as well have chased that with, I see him every day, and I am so sick of this dude's face. Well, I already know what I got with the guy. I see him every day. I'm at the Tropicana playing with house money, but as the big guy in the sky would say, don't worry about the horse being blind, just load the friggin' wagon. We're on to hell week. Show me your lightning bolt! Charger fan, are you kidding me? Pick up the phone and pick up that margarine. Butter the bread the hell off. It's hell week. They were comfy. In fact, they did arrive on time. No, the size chart was way off. Quit filling up my email box with requests for reviews. They're not coming. Rodgers lobs it up for Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is my guest. For me, it was kind of like a, a moment of full circle. I had a lot of gratitude and just uh, a lot of thanks for where I'm at, having him as a quarterback, but even more important as a friend. He's mobbed by his teammates. They don't he get more reliable. I was an enormous fan back in the day, and I got up this morning and I told my wife, Janet, I'm not going to cry, but all good things must come to an end. Wait, y'all think I'm talking about Big Ben? I'm talking about the Blackberry. The Crackberry. Andre Roberts is joining us. It was just the wrong situation for me in Houston. So. I'm going to argue that the situation with the Texans is not right for anybody. You've been around well, the league like long. <laughs> hey. Michael Hoyt. When you watch practice, he does it in practice too. The practice preparation that's just turning into game reality. What's another McVeighism that has kind of resonated with you? We compete with our schemes, but we win with our people. <laughs> but to think that he shouldn't be the league MVP because he's, quote, a jerk is just whack. Like, it makes me want to call you a the players that we coached last year that still call me twice a week talking about, you know, how much they wish they were still here. Real Brinson. I don't want to call him lies, but I mean, let's be real here. Like, former Giant calling him every week. There's like seven lies in that lie. But it's time for our first beef segment of 2022. The lid on the can of spam nowadays, brother. Brother. I got a beef with the end of school pickup line. My wife, when the fertility doctor says there needs to be a lot more wrestling, but the stupid app on her Apple phone says not until next week. Do that jackass. I do not 
have a parole officer. My bitch-ass brother and his controlling girlfriend watching Netflix with the volume at 100 while using subtitles. And Alvy, thanks for not screwing up my name this time. You bitch. Ah! <laughs> Greg Gard, great to have you on the show. As always, Happy New Year, and I hope we can do it again soon. Hey, sounds good, Jim. So you don't get to Eagle River in the winter? No, hell no. Who are you talking to? <laughs> talking to Howard Beck. How are you feeling about Westbrook and that fit with the Lakers? Eh. Mm. Ah. Great. Let's it fly for three. Got it! Lance is on a 10-day contract. They should make that a 10-year contract. Lance. He is Ricky Williams. H-I-G-H-S-M-A-N dot C-O. You and I have done this for a long, long time. I really, really appreciate that conversation. Uh, you're the man. I mean, I'm not just saying that because of your reputation, but the actual experience of talking to you is so wonderful. So thank you for the wonderful questions no, and Ricky. the open-mindedness. Uh, I ain't playing. What's going on? I ain't getting the ball. So, B.A., what did you say in response to him? You're done. Get that f- out of here. Throat slash gesture. Would it surprise any of you at all if you found out that he wanted to make a sex tape with a toilet liquor? Rob Spillane is my guest. Can you hear me all right? You sound great. Can you hear me all right? Can you hear me, Matt? I can hear you just fine. Charger bags that have been getting wind in their sails over their empty trophy case. I got to set up some say to Mike there. Dude, you weren't even alive last time they won anything. Let's Thank go. You. Bucks minus eight. If I lose, twit at Uh-oh. Garrett Ritt. Twit. Chalk much? Back to when, you know, when Rome was burning. Burning. Unwore uh, the... Sh- uh, the... The... That was a very bizarre moment. Selling too many farts in a jar. You're the man. Have a good rest of your day. Ciabatta. Family. 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 Raincoats Deloro. He cannot be stopped. Clown show organization. Louise. Louise. Vote for you, boy. Happy 2022. Yes, all of them. Get the F out of here. You bitch. Good night now. That was something else. Alvin, way to go. Alvin Deloro's week it was. We do that every single Friday at that time. Good night now!